0: Welcome to another edition of the Live Well and Fully podcast. Through this podcast, we help women remember that they matter too. We spark new insights on changes they might desire for in their own lives so they can step forward confidently and turn their dreams into reality.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Live Well and Fully. I'm Barbara Decker, and I'm on the East Coast of the United States in Pennsylvania, and I'm here today with Tony Overbay. Tony, where are you hanging out today?
0: I am the exact opposite over in, uh, I want to say sunny California, but we are experiencing torrential downpour, uh, downpours. So, uh, you know, I think jokes about building an arc or something have been made in the last day or two. So, uh, yeah. but uh, I'm over in California. Oh,
1: I understand that, that torrential downpour thing. Um, <laughs> so for those of you listening, Tony is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He's a certified mindful habit coach, and he's host of the award-winning podcast, The Virtual Couch. The title of our interview today is You're Doing Better at Life Than You Think You Are. And boy, I love that title. So I'm going to yeah. put a timer on the screen and we'll start with question one. Tony, Perfect.
0: how do you help women in the second half of their life create an extraordinary life? Okay. Um, I love the question because I feel like I help people recognize that uh, if we maybe look at the first half of our lives, we honestly just don't know what we didn't know. Um, I feel like we're basically all trying to figure things out. And and part of what we don't know is honestly uh, what we really want to do with our lives. And that's even from not just a career aspect, but from uh, how do we want to parent and how do we want to be in our relationships? And, and we just don't even know what what our potential is. So I say, um, and this might be a little bit of a tangent, but take somebody that wants to be a doctor, for example, um, you know, and, and they've wanted to be a doctor in middle school and in high school. And we think, man, they had it figured out but let me put my therapist hat on. They probably wanna be a doctor because they, uh, whenever they talked about that when they were young, they received validation and we all craved that validation as, as kids or as human beings. So fast forward to year four in medical school and a half a million dollars in student loan debt and all of a sudden you're thrown into literal life and death situations. And yeah, money may be great, but now what if you realize you'd rather be the person who was teaching at medical school or you find you're more jazzed by putting your outfit together than by performing, you know, your 3000th uh, Achilles surgery. So, you know, I was in this computer industry for about 10 years before I became a therapist. And, and that has been the greatest change that I think I've made in my life. So I feel like, you know, just understanding second half of our life is not over. And it's a time where we can still create some tremendous change. Oh boy.
1: I agree with that. I am
0: uh, retired and doing
1: this. So yeah. I kind of think Perfect, all the right? things converged, all the very different yeah. things I did converged and each one gave me a piece of what I needed now. Yeah. Question two, what is the problem you solve?
0: So I would say it's really and, and some of these will sound cliche, but I mean, every bit of it, helping people find their voice. But but what I mean by that specifically is, is what matters to them, not what they think that is supposed to matter to them. And in the psychology field and, and especially in this thing called acceptance and commitment therapy that I love, there's a term called a socially compliant goal. And that's when you're doing something because you think you have to or that's what you are supposed to do. But then what we recognize, especially as we get older and we have this life experience is that uh, things happen, and we have all kinds of different opinions and experiences than other people because we're unique. And so, if we are living a life full of these socially compliant goals, we don't feel really a sense of purpose or connection. And when that happens, then we move into this other other term called experiential avoidance. Or I'll do anything and everything else before I have to try to grind through the thing that I really don't want to do, but I think I'm supposed to. So I feel like it's really important to find out who you are at your core, what your core values are, and then not only try to start to uh, live by them, but you work them into your current situation because the reality is change is a lot more gradual than we really think it's going to be.
1: Oh yeah, I agree. Now I'm going to go on a tangent myself and then we're going to okay, go good. over seven minutes, but I do want to ask yeah. you, Good. Uh, we yeah. talk a lot about, uh going to pause the timer while I ask this question. Okay. Uh, we talk a lot with the students who have completed my first program in particular about codependency and almost all of the women of the ages I'm usually dealing with are massively codependent. It seems
0: almost societal. How is that different from, um, it's like social compliant goals for the experiential yeah. avoidance. Or, yeah. It's such a great question. And you, you're you nailing it too, Barbara, because I, I feel like, you know, when I say that everybody is in essence, codependent and enmeshed, I mean, because that is part of the, we don't know what we don't know. And we feel like that's the only way that we are going to survive is to have this enmeshment with somebody and, and, and find a way that they will need me. But then we realize that, okay, we're trying to manage everybody else's emotions, manage everybody else's experience, their anxieties. And so as we start to realize who we really are and we, we step out of that that system, that family system or dynamic, you know, other people are going to all of a sudden say, wait a minute, I I don't want to take accountability of my own stuff. So they're going to try to push buttons to get that person back into alignment. Yeah. So, so I feel like what a challenge is, is when people really start to move from the, no, I, I'm, I'm a caretaker. Like that is my value, but it's like, or is that how you feel like you are identified or that's your, your role? But when you, know, what do you really like to do? And then you get somebody to just even for the first time dream, but then they immediately jump into what I call the yeah, but so well, why I'd really like to be a, a teacher, but you know what would other people do, and how would they take care of themselves, and and so then we start to really work on those yeah buts, and and then once people people don't even feel like they can dream about what they would like to do. So sometimes I feel like I'm sure the work you're doing, I'm doing is you start to just see that little glimmer of somebody that feels like yeah I always wanted to do this, and then we we're gonna go on an exploration there, but recognizing it's gonna upset the apple cart, and then have the tools to to deal with that as well.
1: I agree. We see the same thing in the codependency work. And we say some people will embrace your uh, new approach and others will rise up and say, no, no, you have to go back to being the doormat.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So that, I think that's one of the challenges I think in, yeah, probably both our work is to help people recognize it's okay to have your own opinions, thoughts, experiences, and then, and then values. So we're solving the same problem just in
1: different ways. Yeah, totally. Which I love it. Yeah. Question number three: What are the typical symptoms people experience with this problem? You
0: know, I, I maybe jump right back into the the concept of experiential experiential avoidance of where I mean because I love that we just covered the the yeah buts or when we are going to try to find ourselves and then it, other people are going to you know it's almost like that uh, somebody gave me the analogy of. A crab trying to climb out of a bucket. The other crabs don't boost them up; they try to pull them back down. Um, but but so then, if I go into this world of experiential avoidance, then you can play this amazing game of just you know watching entire seasons of things on a, a device that we carry around in the palm of our hand, or playing these uh, 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 fantastic games that just kind of I got to go take care of my farm or my zoo. Or, I mean, we can just find ourselves just doing everything, but really stepping into our sense of purpose, because there, there are just so many things to do. And then we fall into this pattern where, well, I'll I'll make a change tomorrow. I'll do it later. Because again, if we aren't acting in alignment with who we really are or designed to be at our core, then we're not going to have that confidence to power through those yeah, buts or take action on the things that matter. So I feel like, you know, that really that biggest symptom is just the the yeah, buts, and then I'll do it tomorrow. And I always say that if, you know, if you get to four or five o'clock in the afternoon afternoon. afternoon, you'll do it tomorrow. And if you get the Thursday, I'll do it Monday. And if you get to the 16th of the month, I'll do it next month. If you hit July, I'll do it next year. You know, we can do that for our entire lives, I'm afraid.
1: Yeah, we sure can. And there are certain things I do that with too. And eventually I come to say, maybe that isn't a really thing, really a thing I ought to do. So exactly. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. Or the other strategy, of course, is to do the hardest thing in the day first, and then your mind is so much clearer. Oh, ideally. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Great answer. Number four,
0: what are the common mistakes people make when they're trying to solve that problem? Well, I love that you've already brought up the concepts around codependency. And I want to start by saying, you know, again, that's why I like to say, boy, we all start from that space so that there's no shame around that or we don't beat ourselves up. But but I like to call it the psychology of the peanut gallery, or even when we start to think I'm going to change, I'm going to ask everybody else what I think I should do. And now we're all of a sudden we're handing our power to somebody else that may have their own agenda. So if if like we talked about earlier, if their agenda is, oh, no, I need you to to continue to be the doormat. And, and you're asking me what what I think you should do. I think you should just keep doing what you're doing. You're amazing at it, you know, because that makes the the person that has that uh, dependency, um, and backup and power. So, so when we hand our power over to somebody else, I always say the first up, they don't know what it really does feel like to be you. So even when they give us advice, we, we actually find ourselves typically wanting to push back against that advice. And second, now, if I do the thing that somebody else did suggest I do, and, and it doesn't really work, I get to now say, man, I let them down. Uh, that didn't work. I can, I can, you know, then I get to beat myself up and say, I, man, what's wrong with me? So I really I really feel like we have to figure out how to find out what really does matter to us and then kind of get that internal validation. I agree. We have to own our own stuff, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Number five, what is one valuable
1: free resource that you of yours that you'd like to direct people to? We'll put the link below the podcast for help with that problem. Okay.
0: Well, I would just go, I would go to, uh, it's at tonyoverbay.com, I think, slash podcast, or just go to my tonyoverbay.com because I have uh, about 400 podcast episodes now, 350 plus of the virtual couch. Yeah, and i've got about 50 something of my waking up the narcissism podcast which is about emotional immaturity and 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 you know recognizing unhealthy behaviors and and i'm about to launch a one on addiction i've got another one on um, a, a couples um podcast where i do live couples coaching so i mean i really feel i've loved podcasts forever I'm, I'm a long distance runner i've been listening to podcasts in my ears for 15 years and so i'm on year six or seven now of uh, of my podcast and so i I couldn't be more passionate about um, podcasting. And so I think you'll hear that if you go listen. So uh, a lot of free help, marriage advice, you know, things on depression, anxiety, couples, parenting, you name it, um, are there uh, in my podcast. Excellent. Number six. What is one
1: tip a listener can use now that will help them solve this problem, Tony?
0: Okay. So Barbara, I felt like people need to keep the momentum going of the people that are listening to your podcast, listening to my podcast. And, and that is that is starting to make change. And next up, I think, uh, find good help. Uh, find a therapist or a coach that you honestly feel a connection with. And because it does take a lot of courage to open up to somebody, but I promise it will help. And it's not just because this is the field that I'm in. I mean, there's so much data around there. And speaking of the data, um, the, 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 lot, the evidence says that it's more important to have a real connection with your therapist or coach, even in the type of modality that they use. And so I really feel like it's worth it to just find somebody that you feel a connection with and then really try to trust the process. There's a psychologist named Sue Johnson that um, she's the founder of Emotionally Focused Therapy, which is an amazing couples model. But she says that we're designed to deal with emotion in concert with another human being. Um, but I but I would add that human needs to be safe and somebody who is, is curious about you, curious about your experience, and who is willing to sit and listen and understand you. Because too often we do go seeking advice from somebody who has their own agenda. And then we find ourselves again at that mercy of however they feel in the moment. And and that can ultimately lead us to feeling worse about even trying to open up to somebody.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. And it's a I, I say it like a broken record. Do this work with me and have a therapist for you. Not to try to yeah, solve what's it. going on with somebody else, but for you and my own personal long-term therapist does a uh, monthly guest uh, coaching for us. And so she's oh, like a shining example and everybody wants Betsy, but of course, everybody can't have her. <laughs> Number seven, what should I have yeah. asked you that I didn't? And what's the answer to that thing? <laughs>
0: Okay, I will, uh, a very uh, simple question of, you know, uh, what is the key to happiness? Um, You know, because I could go on and on about this one, but I really feel like there's this uh, concept around understanding that we really don't know what we don't know. And, And that may, again, sound cliched, but it's one of the first steps of growth, because I think growth is really uncomfortable and we don't like being uncomfortable. But when we can learn to sit with some discomfort, and I know we both like to work in that world of addiction, a lot of that is we don't like discomfort so much that then we turn to unhealthy coping mechanisms. So when we can learn to sit with some discomfort, then, then that's where we can really grow. That's where we can then self-confront. And then the ability to look inward, be honest with ourselves, again, key to growth. And we typically put a version of ourselves out there and then we say to everybody, hey, this is who I am. Can you please validate this? But more often than not, that's not, version of us that the other person sees. So when they tell us what we don't want to hear, we often get offended. But sometimes I think um, it's that's our actual key to the, to be able to sit with some of that discomfort and look inward. And it doesn't mean that we have to accept what somebody else's view of us is, but it's not going to hurt if we're in a good place to be able to to say, yeah, I'll take a look at that. You know, let me let me self confront. What am I pretending not to know? And then what meaning am I putting to it? Because that's where I can really start to grow.
1: Oh, that's a great answer. All of your answers were great. And so I would like like to thank you so much for doing this with us today. Um, And to everybody listening, I hope you find a pocket of joy today because you are so worth it. Bye for now and let's talk soon.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to be notified when new episodes are released. Then visit www.livewellandfully.com/workshop to experience the love another way framework firsthand.